Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Holy Father's recent apostolic letter, Patris Corde, to reflect upon the Father's heart, the heart of St. Joseph, as we continue this year to recognize the year of St. Joseph. And as we begin, please help us, Archbishop, with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, During your son's earthly sojourn among us for our salvation, you entrusted him to an earthly father, St. Joseph. Father, you, you chose him because from all eternity you had planned that he would be that earthly father of your son and would lead him and guide him and help form him in his humanity. And so, Father, we ask that you be with us during this radio broadcast so that we may speak well of this Father that you chose for your Son and that we can learn from his life uh, many things in helping us follow your Son, Jesus, and be faithful disciples of you and follow your will in all things. So, Father, we place this time in your hand asking you to lead us and guide us. All these things we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Archbishop, this letter was written in commemoration of the 150th anniversary of St. Joseph being declared the patron of the Universal Church. And I think that was one of the probably many reasons Pope Francis was wanting to get Mm -hmm. us to reflect once again. But in reading this letter, and I know reading the book from uh, Father Calloway Mm -hmm. on making a consecration, there's been a lot written about St. Joseph, uh, prayers included even in the Mass in the last 150 years. The Church has had a more and more focus of St. Joseph than maybe over the last 2,000 years. You know, as we start talking about him, what's been your experience with St. Joseph? I mean, as a priest, as an archbishop, how has he resonated you know, in your I, life? I, I, I have to confess that, that earlier in my, in my life, uh, uh, and even earlier in my priestly life, I, I did not have what I would call an extraordinarily uh, strong devotion to St. Joseph. I mean, I had a devotion to him, and I certainly prayed to him, but I didn't relate to him as strongly as I do now in my life in ministry as a priest, as a bishop, as a man. But he's come to mean a lot more to me in more recent time, and not just, not just with this year of St. Joseph, but long, long before that, that as, as that universal patron of the church and, and, and Pius IX you know, declared him so. But you know, I think as universal patron of the church, I began to take that more seriously, that, well, our Heavenly Father, as I said in my opening prayer, our Heavenly Father entrusted His Son, Jesus, the eternal Word made flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary, to this man, and entrusted also Mary, uh, the Holy Mother of God, to the care of this man. 
So it makes sense easily that he is the universal patron of the church because the church is the body of Christ and the mystical person of Christ. Mary is, is, a, is a symbol and a model of the church. Uh, so in many ways, the church, you know, uh, uh, is, is modeled by the life and, and, the, and the fiat of, of the Holy Mother of God. And so it's, it's fitting that he would be one who would be seen as the universal protector and patron, if you will, of the church. And that's why John the 23rd, uh, St. John the 23rd, now we say, Pope St. John the 23rd added Joseph's name to the Eucharistic prayer as we, I think we talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But for, so personally for me, as, quite honestly, as I've seen the church going through some very difficult times, and I, I just have to be honest, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about, you know, what's happening in the church these days. When we had this Acts 29, you know, retreat with our priests that we talked about in a previous program, one of the things that Father John Ricardo his the sort of their principles is you know or their point of view is number one the world is crying, but number two the church is crying. You know the church is in, in in great suffering right now, and for many many things. I mean the pandemic is just one latest example of how we have suffered, but the divisions in the church, uh, the 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 loss of faith, the uh, the many people leaving the church, it's in a difficult state, and so I think. Okay, Saint Joseph, you're 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 supposed to be the the father of us all and the patron of the church, and so I've been praying more to him mm-hmm. for the protection of the church and for for the the, the healing within the church. Right. Well, in in this letter, it looks like the Holy Father's obviously naming this um, on the heart. The Father's heart is kind of reflecting. What are some of the aspects of that heart of Joseph? He was entrusted to take care of Mary and Jesus. In this life, as a family, as a husband, as a father, not a foster father, so to speak, yeah. but as a real father that would do all of the things to take care of this child, yet this child is God. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I, I've never liked that appellation for St. Joseph as the foster father of Jesus. Yeah. I know it's sometimes traditional to say that, but, you know, he was, for all intents and purposes, the, the, the earthly father right. that Jesus knew, even though... And, and that there's a later point in the letter that when we, when we come to that, I, I, I will have to highlight this again, but Joseph did not generate Jesus in the, in the biological, mm-hmm. natural way. So he's not his father, in quotes, in that sense, but he is truly a father to mm-hmm. him because he took responsibility for the life of Jesus. So I don't like to short right. ch- uh, shortchange St. Joseph's role here, that he is truly a, a, a father to Jesus, an earthly father, is a, is a human being growing up and is a fully human nature, uh, united to his divinity. Jesus experienced the love of Joseph as, as the love of a father. And that's what, uh, you know, and the Holy Father titles the letter, of course, Patris Corde, uh, with a father's heart. And that's how the Pope starts, with a father's heart. That is how Joseph loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the heart of the letter, that Joseph loved Jesus as a father. Yes, I'm sure that at a, at a certain point, and obviously in conversation with Holy Mary and what the angels have been telling both of them, uh, that they realized that this was just no ordinary child, that the, this was the son of God. But he loved Jesus as a father loves Jesus. And so the Holy Father looks at these these different aspects mm-hmm. of of the the life of Joseph as father 
to Jesus? And what kind of father was he? Uh, so he he goes through these different different uh, characteristics. So first he he reflects on on that that Joseph was a beloved father. He, Pope says that the greatness of Saint Joseph is that he was the spouse of Mary and the father of Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's his claim to greatness. Really, is is that that he was a beloved father. And uh, Saint Paul and Pope uh, Francis points out that Saint Paul the sixth pointed out that Joseph concretely expressed his fatherhood by making his life a sacrificial service to the mystery of the incarnation and its redemptive purpose. So he, he sacrificed himself really for, uh, for the care of Jesus uh, and our redemption. You know, he's in many ways he's 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 the father of of our redemption mm-hmm. because he, he he sacrificed his life to to care for the redeemer. Then the Holy Father, Pope Francis, goes on and and presents Joseph to us as a a tender and loving father. He quotes uh, Jesus in his humanity, in coming to know what the love of a father is like, an earthly father. Um, I mean, of course, Jesus has the love of his heavenly father, but in this earthly sense, in 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 an earthly father's love is supposed to reflect the heavenly father's love. But in his humanity, Jesus experienced the love of a father uh, through through Joseph. And so the Pope says, in Joseph, Jesus saw the tender love of God. I mean, isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. That... Of course, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. Jesus <laughs> yeah. is is divine. Jesus has a heavenly Father, but the Pope says that in his humanity, Jesus saw in Joseph, his earthly father, the tender love of God. Uh, and quoting uh, the Psalm, as a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. So I think it's a very beautiful, a, a beautiful reflection on on that that tender love of of our Heavenly Father being shown actually through Joseph, yeah, you know, in, in an earthly way. He would have taught him prayers, as Mary would have too, to read scripture, to pray, to do the daily work of a family. But here is St. Joseph, and through his heart, um, not getting angry, uh, not being rough, but again, that tenderness yeah, is I, a great example. I mean, I, you know, it, it, I, just, I, I just can't... I, I, we don't want to, you know, overly be pietistic about it, but I, I just can't imagine what love there must have been in the, in the home of the Holy Family. You know, uh, when you have the Blessed Virgin yeah. Mary, <laughs> yeah. who is without sin, you have this wonderful man, Saint Joseph, uh, and, and of course you have the Son of God in flesh. I mean, what the love must have been in that that home. The the Pope says here in, in this section on on the the. Uh, a tender and loving father. I, this struck me. He says, <clears throat> quoting the Pope, even through Joseph's fears, God's will, his history, and his plan were at work. Joseph then teaches us that faith in God includes believing that he can work even through our fears, our frailties, and our weaknesses. He also teaches us that amid the tempests of life, we must never be afraid to let the Lord steer our course. At times we want to be in complete control, yet God always sees the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about Joseph's apprehensions and fears right. about taking Mary as his wife, uh, maybe you know because he doesn't know how how she's with child, and the angel reveals to him uh, how. 
And that goes into this next section where then the Pope presents Joseph to us as the obedient yeah. father. This one, this section was beautiful. That It was really through obedience to God that mm-hmm. Joseph was able to fulfill that role that the father had chosen for him to be the, the, the earthly father of his son, Jesus. The Pope says, obedience made it possible for him to surmount his difficulties and spare Mary. Uh, every time Joseph responds in obedience. Mm-hmm. He responds to in obedience. So we have, you know, the Pope goes through the the the, the dreams of Joseph. You know, uh, in the first dream, you know, the the angel tells Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as your wife. He's afraid, but don't be afraid. It's you know by the Holy Spirit that this child yeah. has come into the world. So Joseph obeys. Right. He immediately takes Mary. He woke from his sleep. Joseph's response was immediate. The Pope says. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel had commanded him, obedience. Then the second dream, the child is in danger because of Herod seeking to take the child's life. Joseph did not, the Pope says, Joseph did not hesitate to obey regardless of the hardship involved. And then in the third dream, when the angel comes and says, okay, it's safe to go back home, once again, Joseph promptly obeyed. And then uh, the fourth time when when, when Joseph heard that uh, Archelaus was ruling over Judah in place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, yep. now for the fourth time, the Pope says, he went into the district of Galilee. There he made his home in the town of Nazareth. Yeah. So Joseph's just immediate obedience. It's amazing. No arguing, mm-hmm. no doubts. Once, once he hears from the Lord, he just does. <clears throat> so the Pope says, in every situation, Joseph declared his own fiat, like those of Mary at the Annunciation and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. <clears throat> you know, you have Mary in her fiat to, to Gabriel's greeting, you know, let it be done to me, fiat, let it be done to me as you have said. So Mary gives her fiat, her yes to the Lord, and becomes that cooperator in, in the plan of redemption for us. Of course, Jesus, his profound fiat, let it be done, Father, your will, not mine, be done in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, but Joseph... Joseph also exhibited his own fiat, his own let it be done to me, uh, Father, according to your word, you know, that that his obedience to the to the will of God in his life. And, you know, Pope Francis even goes on to to say, and it's it's a rather startling thing in a sense to say that that Jesus maybe learned some of his obedience to the will of his heavenly father through Joseph's own example. Now that's 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 a hard one for me to to wrap my mind around a little bit because Jesus is of course the eternal son of God he has his own relationship with his heavenly father but perhaps we can say in his humanity mm-hmm. uh I mean obviously Jesus is there in the garden he's struggling in his humanity mm-hmm. you know in his humanity he's, he knows what he's facing and he knows what he's taking on himself right. and he sweats such heavily, so heavily that they become as great droplets of blood. You know, so he's in anguish, he's in torment. It's the agony in the garden is, is, is the mystery of the rosary that mm-hmm. we celebrate. So in his humanity, there is, there, there is some great suffering to submit his will, his human uh, will united to, to his divinity, to, to God and to his father. And maybe, you know, in that human level, you know, Joseph did have some things to teach Jesus about just that humble, quick obedience uh, right. to, to the Father's will. Then, you know, the Holy Father 
Pope Francis goes on to talk about Jesus, uh, Joseph as the accepting father. He accepts Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's word. He sets aside, the Pope says, Joseph set aside his own ideas in order to accept the course of events and mysterious as they seemed to embrace them and take responsibility for them and to make them part of his own history. In other words, I'm sure Joseph, before before the angel Gabriel came to Mary uh, and before the angel came to him in a dream, I'm sure he envisioned his life would be very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he, he sets aside his own plan in order to do the will of God. Yeah. So he accepts it. I mean, not just accepts it, but and then embraces it and makes it his own. And I think that's that's something that, that the Holy Father is, is trying to teach us, mm-hmm. is that we, uh, yeah, we all have our own plans. I certainly, I have to tell you, I didn't think I'd be sitting here <laughs> in a radio studio at this stage in my life as the Archbishop of Portland recording a, a, a radio program as, as a bishop of the church. That was not in my playbook. <laughs> but here I am. And this idea of accepting not your own plan, but the plan that God has for you, and then embracing it and making it your plan. Mm-hmm. See, that's the key, and that's what, that's what Holy yeah. Father points out here, that Joseph just doesn't accept this and begrudgingly and sort of, okay, you know, I'll do it. No, he makes it his own. Mm-hmm. He takes God's plan and makes it his own. That's, that's, that's a great example for us. This section here on, on this accepting father really struck me. The Pope writes, just as God told Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, so he seems to tell us, do not be afraid. We need to set aside all anger and disappointment and to embrace the way things are, Mm -hmm. even when they do not turn out as we wish. Not with mere resignation, but with hope and courage. In this way, we become open to a deeper meaning. Our lives can be miraculously reborn if we find the courage to live them in accordance with the gospel. It does not matter if everything seems to have gone wrong or some things can no longer be fixed. God can make flowers spring up from stony ground. Even if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. Well, I thought those, I found those such beautiful, consoling words. Sometimes we do think that uh, things are hopeless. Mm Mm-hmm. Things can't be fixed, and we can be tempted to despair. Uh, but we need to be accepting of God's mercy and love, and know that 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 you know things are are really in His hands. Yeah, I think Joseph really encourages us that okay, I'm cooperating with God's plan. It isn't exactly how I envisioned it, but okay, let's keep moving forward <laughs> with that hopefulness. Like you said, I think we really need. I hope Joseph will give us that hopefulness to embrace. Great, great, great trust. Mm-hmm. You know, great, great trust. Yeah. The Holy Father then goes on and he calls Joseph a, a creatively courageous father. You know, and it's, it's, it's some of the, uh, the, the creativity that, that, that Joseph exhibits in taking care of, mm-hmm. of, of Jesus and Mary. You know, that, you know, sometimes things don't, don't pan out the way we want, but we need to be creative. And I, I love he says here, the gospel does not tell us how long Mary, Joseph, and the child remained in Egypt. Yet they certainly needed to eat to find a home and employment. It does not take much imagination to fill in those details. The Holy Family had to face concrete problems like every other family, like so many of our migrant brothers and sisters who today risk their lives to escape misfortune and hunger. He talks about how showing up at the inn, 
in Bethlehem and there not being room for them. Okay, he improvises. He's creative. Uh, he takes care of the family by, by you know, always looking for a better way. And so he finds, you know, he finds the stable. And then the Holy Father speaks about him being the working fa- uh, father. And this is where uh, oh, the Holy Father highlights really the role of St. Joseph as a worker. And I think we talked about mm-hmm. this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when we talked about the Feast of St. Joseph, the worker. Uh, it, it's Joseph as the model worker. He, he, he worked to support himself. And I, I love this. He says, St. Joseph was a carpenter who earned an honest living to provide for his family. From him, Jesus learned the value, the dignity, and the joy of what it means to eat bread that is the fruit of one's own labor. The dignity of work, mm, okay. uh, really. But we talked a lot about Joseph as the worker in, in, in that previous program. This section, this next section where, where the Pope talks about a father in the shadows. And the Pope says, in his relationship to Jesus, Joseph was the earthly shadow of the heavenly father. He watched over him and protected him, never leaving him to go his own way. Uh, it's just a beautiful image of, of, of sort of the shadowing. You know, we talk about shadowing somebody. Mm-hmm. That Joseph is sort of shadowing the Heavenly Father for Jesus. And then there's this remarkable paragraph. And I think it's one of my favorite paragraphs in the whole letter. The Pope says, Fathers are not born, but made. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Whenever a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way he becomes a father to that person. You know, I, I, I just, I, that's so, that, that's an important insight. In other words, being a father isn't a, isn't a biological thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that we can bring a child into the world and that makes me a father. You know, I mean, sometimes we say, well, Who's the child's father? Sometimes when there's a, a, a pregnancy out of, out of wedlock, right? And someone might say, well, who's the child's father? Well, you know, it's so-and-so, but he doesn't have much to do with us. Well, is he really a father? You know, I mean, it's, it's certainly, again, in the biological sense, he's provided the, that, that piece. But the Pope is saying, no, it isn't just about bringing a child into the world. It's taking responsibility for that child. Fathers are made, not born. Mm-hmm. And and when he, when the Pope says that whoever, whenever a man accepts responsibility for the life of another, in some way he becomes a father to that person. That struck me. That and the Pope goes on to point that out. That that can be for for priests and bishops too. Yes. We take a spiritual responsibility for our our spiritual children, and that makes us fathers. You know, I, the, sometimes people think they mistakenly call me father you know i mean they'll they, they all the archbishop or your excellency or all the formal titles or whatever and sometimes somebody will think they slip and, and call me father and sometimes they'll immediately be apologetic oh I, i'm sorry i mean archbishop i said no 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 i like father that's 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 my primary role is to be a, a, a spiritual father and then the pope finally he, he in this section he talks about uh chastity Mm-hmm. And he talks about Joseph being chaste. Um, we call him the most chaste spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But he, but the Pope equates this chastity with a certain freedom from possessiveness over another. And and, and the Pope says here, this this really struck me. 
he says chastity, and we're all called to chastity, by the way. Married people are called mm-hmm. to chastity. Priests and religious are called to celibate chastity. Single people are called to chastity, live chaste lives. Chastity, the Pope says, is freedom from possessiveness in every sphere of one's life. Only when love is chaste is it truly love. A possessive love ultimately becomes dangerous. It imprisons, constricts, and makes for misery. You know, so when when married couples are not living chastely, and, and again, people, I hope people understand chastity in marriage just means that, you know, you only have <clears throat> sexual relations with, with your spouse, but it, it keeps us from, from being possessive of one another and, and treating each other like property mm-hmm. and, and for our own pleasure and, 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 and lacking in dignity. So I, I just thought that was a very interesting insight on, on, on chastity, that it's, it's, it's freedom, freedom from that possessiveness and, and true love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you're reflecting all of these pieces of the letter, what the Holy Father truly wants us to do is to have more awareness of St. Joseph, to continue to ask for his intercession, to get to know St. Joseph so he can be part of our family life, our vocation, and then to imitate, you know, all of these virtues that you talked about, Archbishop. Let's imitate the life of St. Joseph. Would you help us close in prayer? Yeah, we'll use the Pope's own prayer. Beautiful. uh, Composed at the end of of the letter. Let us pray. Hail, guardian of the Redeemer, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. To you, God entrusted his only Son. In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became man. Blessed Joseph, to us too, show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage and defend us from every evil. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Dei Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.